Welcome to the Crawford Boxcast. The Houston Astros. Proudly poured for you by Crawford Bach from Carbach Brewing. You can beer. Oh my goodness. The Crawford Boxcast starts now. Here we go. Here's Chris Gordy and Michael Connor. And we are live from Cactus Cove today until 1 o'clock. I am Michael Connor. He is Chris Gordy. We're calling it the Crawford Boxcast because you guys do know to listen to us on that Crawford Boxcast. But we have plenty to get into today for the next couple of hours. Come on by. They're having a big crawfish cookout today here at uh, Cactus Cove. The smells, Gordy, are already phenomenal. Um, I'm waiting on eating a lot of this crawfish. The beers are already flowing for us. It's going to be a great day. The weather is spectacular right now. So if you are out doing anything... This is where you need to be at Cactus Cove today. Yeah, and you said you said cook out. It's a cook off. A cook off. Excuse a, me. Cook off. It's not a cook contest. Out. It's a contest. Yes. And we've been a part of this the last couple of weeks. Of course, Ross has been doing you know been doing the sports RV show, and he retired that last weekend. Uh, but he and I were out when they did the gumbo cook off, the chili cook off, and now we are into the crawfish cook off. And you're right. I mean, it, what is it like? Seventy two degrees. It's windy. Sun shining. Clear skies. It is beautiful and uh, awesome out here. So we're, it's at three three. West 11th Street, if you're looking for the address. Yeah, you know all the creeks. There's the Onion, Cre- Onion Creek, there's Cactus Cove, there's all these different uh, spots out here. So come on out and uh, say what's up to us. Say what's up, talk some sports, because we are with you until 1 o'clock. Where, uh, we're going to get through the Astros. They're in their final stretch now before the season kicks off on Thursday. We have the opening day starter officially announced yesterday in Framber Valdez. We could probably not break down the Rockets getting their asses kicked last night. I think we'll avoid that one today because they just continue to not be very good. How about the Houston Cougs, though, to start off? Because the tournament is going on this weekend. Had Sweet 16 last night, uh, finishing that up Elite 8 this weekend. But an unfortunate end of the Cougs season, Gordy, because Miami came out. And like, I didn't think, like, I mean, I know that, you know, as a team and Kelvin Sampson and everybody, they're, they're going to say, hey, we didn't play all that great. But I mean, Miami just... They, they couldn't miss last night. They couldn't miss anything, and they put it on the Cougs in the second half. And unfortunately, as a one seed, all the one seeds now out them in Alabama, uh, you're not going to have the Cougars playing in their home city in the Final Four here next weekend, which stinks. I was looking forward to the possibility of that. Well, what not only does, does U of H be an outstanding, I mean, at least Texas is in, so we have some yes. kind of brand of, uh, of local flair possibly still alive in this thing. But... Yeah, U of H losing. I mean, they even said Matt had Jim uh, Jim Nance on his show yesterday, and Jim Nance was getting all poetic about, oh, wouldn't this be great? You know, because he's given it up. This is his last yeah. call of um, of the tournament, and you know, he's a U of H grad and Final Four here in Houston. It would have been great. It, it does. I, I will. I mean, it, it does lose some of its luster. Let's be real. Like with with not having Houston in it, it it's not as exciting here locally to go. We got the Final Four in yeah. Houston. And it might be like Creighton or Pro or. Uh, well, you're guaranteed to have San Diego, San Diego State, State like, one, of the, uh, yeah, one of those lower seeds. Um, I mean, I think if you're the NCAA, you're praying to God that Texas makes it, right? You have to be. Because I mean, I know that we all love the Cinderella and everything, and I do too. I think if there's probably I don't like I think I'm like everybody else. You don't watch a lot of college basketball in the regular season. Like I always have it on in the house when there's nothing else on. And it's kind of in the background. Like, I watched a lot of U of H in the background, and I'd sit and, you know, I'd casually watch throughout it, uh, throughout games at times, throughout the season. But, like, I've watched a huge amount of this tournament, way more than I actually did last year. 
And it's been an awesome tournament. It's been exciting. Like, up until the last two games last night, the late ones, those games sucked. The first two, because they just they weren't close. Right. The, the first two games were great overall. Like they, I mean, until I me mean, until U of H got blown out early. But I mean, I guess if you're looking for upset city, like that qualifies as great. I mean, I think the tournament has been really high quality for what the tournament typically is. But it does think that we're going to have a final four in Houston, and it's going to be. I, I'm trying to remember. The, I think the first time, you know, at least recently, was the because this will be our third in the last what 10, 15 years or whatever. The first one had Shaka Smart's team, right? VCU. Right. The last one, did they? Did we have a uh, a Cinderella in that one? I don't remember. I feel like we did, but and then we're going to have probably multiple of them in this one. Yeah, the Cinderellas are fun for the first couple of rounds. And yeah. Then we'll, and then it, but when we get to past Sweet Sixteen, when we get to Elite Eight, Final Four. We want the Dukes, Carolinas, Kentuckys. Like you want the big dogs, and UCLA losing was was not good. And Alabama, you know, while they're kind of new to the party here with, with them being an elite level team, they were the number one overall seed. They were expected to get there. And the guy who could, let's be honest, could go number three overall to the Houston Rockets in the draft, Brandon Miller. He was god awful. He last was night. Ter- well, this whole tournament. Yeah. They said it was for a guy of his stature. The numbers he put up were one of the worst tournament performances ever for a, a, a guy who's that highly thought of. He was SEC Player of the Year. I mean, it yeah. was all these different things and uh, awful. But Sam Vecini, I don't know if you saw his tweet last night. He said, one of these teams That's the, yeah, will be right. in the national championship game in Houston. Kansas State, FAU, Creighton, San Diego State. You're hoping if you're the NCAA, it's Kansas State. That's from a Big 12 school, right? Like nothing against those other schools, but the, the NCAA probably wants for their ratings that they that those teams avoided at this point. And, and look, it could be a really competitive game, yeah, and it could be really good basketball, but that doesn't matter. What gets eyeballs is brands, yeah, and you don't have you lost all the big brands here, and so it is what it is. But but somebody, I think it was. Uh, Who's one of the guys with the athletic? Because Stuart Mandel, I think he tweeted out. He was like, "Yeah, this is not great. You know, the, we only have a couple of Power Five teams in here." And somebody was like, "Yeah, man, we needed more seventeen and fourteen Big Ten teams yeah. to make the tournament." You know, like that, that's kind of what you're saying. It's yeah. like, no, these those teams th- that were bad during the year should have been in the tournament because they're big brands. I mean, look, like Florida Atlantic's what a nine? Are they a nine seed? Is that right? Yeah, they're they were like thirty three and three this season. Like yeah. they should be. Like they, I I feel like that's a little bit. I know that they don't play at a great conference, but like. That was almost disrespectful. Hey, look at this bucket of crawfish over here that's getting washed down. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know, I, Gordy is in heaven today because obviously <laughs> his Louisiana roots. Uh, but if you're from this part of the world and you don't love crawfish, first of all, what's wrong with you is what I would tell you. <laughs> run, the, run. Let's run through the four games. Tell me who you think the TV networks want to win. Okay. Miami, Texas. Texas. Right. Texas is the two seed. Now, those are two big brands. If Miami Texas comes, the highest seed left. If Miami comes, I think they're going to bring a they're, big yeah. fan base, but not. You know, not like football does Correct. with Miami. Uh, Creighton, San Diego State. San Diego State. Maybe. I don't know. Creighton's in the east, right? Creighton's been – they're in Omaha, right? Are they? Then, no. Then they, I'm going to say San Diego State. San Diego State would get and you – Neither one of them is a draw. It might get you some West Coast viewers. Yeah. FAU, Kansas State. Kansas State. Kansas State's been scrappy. They've, they've been fun to watch. Well, they're a known program, too. Yeah, and they're, and they're from a power – they're yeah. from the, the Big 12. And then UConn-Gonzaga, I feel like you can't really go wrong there, right? you got yeah, Gonzaga, it, this hungry, hungry right. fan base. They always, they're always one of the top seeds. Mark Few, always the bridesmaid, never the so bride. One hell of a comeback the other night. And then UConn's kind of been down the last few years. But they're, what, 
nine they, years removed from winning a title with Kevin Ollie. Yeah, they won that, that title here with Kimba Walker. I thought that, that was in Dallas. No, it was here. I went to the game. Me and my brother bought tickets. It was one of the worst basketball games I've ever been to in my life. Oh, that one. That it was one. that ugly, ugly, ugly. They played um, Butler. Okay. Are you sure? Is yeah. It, which one was Kentucky played UConn and lost? In, in Dallas. I was there for that one. I don't know. I'm about to look Kentucky it up. had the Harrison. Tour. I could have swore that, and they lost to. I, I could have swore that. I could have swore that Kimball Walker won his title here. Now I got to look no, it up. Nova, North Carolina was here, but there was a tournament. There was an NCAA tournament before. I look went to. Up. I went to it. I went to. <laughs> I to sat the, in the nosebleeds at the NRG Google Stadium machine. with my bro. That, that thing is going to fall. Um, yeah, we'll look it up. But this is what happens when you're. This what this is what reminds me that I'm old because that feels like it was yesterday still, and it was. That was actually like, I mean, an insane long time, insanely long time ago. And Kimba Walker now is not in the NBA, and is even when he was, he looked like he was washed. So um, it's been a fun tournament so far, and we're still uh, next. What next weekend is it? Sat or do they play? They play Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Is that right? Or the, how's that? I don't remember the Saturday, date. Sunday. It's four games left. The championship game is it Monday or Tuesday? Oh, it's always Monday. Okay. Two Final Four games on Saturday and then Championship Monday. Okay, so they're off Sunday. Saturday, yeah. then Monday. Mm-hmm. I'd say I never get the schedule right. Um, I I feel bad for U of H last night. It stinks. Yeah, because this team was supposed to be, with the way Sasser was playing and all the different pieces that they've had, this was supposed to be, I don't know if you would say hands down better than last year's team, but yeah. the expectations were that this team was supposed to get Final Four bus. I think you saw the... Uh, the effect of injury finally hit them, right? Like, they kind of survived in the previous round. Um, they got through the first round okay. But, you know, Sasser not being 100%, sh- um, Shed not being 100%, and, you know. Well, somebody brought up that second game, or that, that second last game of the AAC tournament was the last time we saw them look phenomenal. Yeah. And then Sasser, the Sasser injury, and then they lose to Memphis in the AAC title game. They said ever since then, the scoring had fallen off, and the defense had fallen off. This is such they. This is a team that plays such elite level defense, and, and Kelvin Sampson, that's his calling card, and it's what they've been known for. It, Miami was getting whatever the hell they wanted last night. Whatever like, they wanted. They were going after it. And in so. part, they were just knocking down crazy shots at times, too. Yeah. Uh, like they, oh, yeah. They kept doing these like they, these spin around, you between, know, fadeaway shots. Between and they're, like, them, them, Kansas State, Gonzaga, some of these threes were like the dude's feet are on the big logo, yeah. and they're taking threes. I'm like, that's not a good shot. And then it goes in. You're like, good Lord. You like, have to tip your cap to them sometimes, yeah. right? Simple as it gets. Uh, by the way, the UConn Huskies in 2010-2011 that we were talking about earlier won the national title over Butler 53-41. And that game, Gordy, was played at NRG Stadium at the time Reliance Who was Stadium. it? Who, who was it? UConn. They beat Butler. UConn beat Butler. Who was on that team? Kimball Walker. That was his last year. I oh. was at that game. Okay. Who was the one... Okay, the U, then UConn won it again against Kentucky with who Kevin was, Ali only won one title there, right? Who won? Then who won? You, that must was have been Calhoun, right? So it must have been that was yeah. before then. But who was the guard that remember when uh, LeBron was in Miami? He said, "I want that guy." The guard that LeBron wanted when he was in Miami, he wanted them to draft him. Deion Waiters? No. no, that was he was in Cleveland. All right, we're gonna have to go to the research bank here. Oh, I know who you're talking about, and it's <laughs> killing me. <laughs> 
Oh. Hang on. I know exactly. He just tweeted about him. I remember what you were talking And then they ended up getting him, right? They took him. Yeah. And he wasn't any good. Shabazz Napier. Shabazz Napier. Damn it. I wouldn't have pulled that name off. I, on the tip of my tongue, but you're not going to remember that. That name. was the Kevin Ollie one. They beat Kentucky 60-54. Okay, so I was at the Calhoun one. Calhoun was the coach then. And Kentucky was an eight seed that year, but they got hot with, with yeah. Julius Randle and the Harrison Twins. Yeah, the Harris, the Houston's own, the Harrison mm-hmm. Twins. They're not playing basketball anymore, are they? No, they were kind of hanging around still a couple years ago in the G League, and uh, one of them was with the Grizzlies, but yeah. Okay. That ended. But uh, Jairus Walker, did you see he yeah. He wasted no time? As <laughs> Post expected, game, it Post sucks. Game room, I'm going for a... I mean, what, one of the best recruits U of H has ever had since the five slime jamma days. He mm-hmm. is off to uh, be a... He's going to, at worst, be a top 10 pick in the NBA draft and probably close to top five. Miami shot 51% in the game yesterday, 44% from three. They were 11 for 25. You've got if they're sometimes, if that's their numbers, some, yeah, your numbers have to be just as elite. And they yeah. went And the, what's been the Cougars' issue throughout the years? At the end of the day, they're not good enough offensively. Yeah, that was their problem when they lost to Baylor. They they need a um, they need a Brandon Miller type recruit, like like the guy who can come in and get you twenty five a game and yeah. just just. Fill it up. That's what they need. We are uh, out here at Cactus Cove uh, for the show today until 1 o'clock. Come on out and join us. They've got their crawfish cook-off coming on uh, out here. Come eat some some crawfish. Come eat some or drink some beers with us. Uh, the weather's fantastic. We'll be out here. When we return, let's talk some uh, let's talk some Houston Astros as they get into the final week of spring training. We'll do that next here on 790. to you from Cactus Cove and the Crawfish Cook-Off. Michael Connor, Chris Gordy with you here on Sports Talk 790 until 1 o'clock. You seriously need to get out here. They've got crawfish boiling. There's so many people out here for this cook-off to uh, to get you going with that. The beers, like we mentioned, are flowing, Gordy. There's, uh, there's shops out here available. And then there's us talking sports, hanging out. We're not going anywhere anytime soon because my plan is I, I'm going to eat a lot of crawfish here today. I've not had crawfish in like two years. Which is a terrible sin. I know that I'm not supposed to admit that on the air. I just, we went through crawfish season last year and didn't have any. Mm-hmm. So I got I got to I got to make up for it today and have a few. Yeah, the, and the cool thing about this is it's a it's a cook-off, and so you get to vote. They'll give you tickets. You get to vote for like best tasting, all the different the best presentation. But I, what's cool about this, and we did it with the gumbo cook-off and the chili cook-off. It's just people get creative, and yeah. a lot of people it's old recipes and all this. So I'll be curious. You can't like with crawfish, you can't get too too creative, right? But yeah. Um, you know, Louisiana, there's a lot of things. Like, some people do carrots with there. Some people do, they do really? Some people do pineapple. So, it's like, you just get different flavors of the crawfish. So give, them to, to, give them to me good and spicy, and I'm good. Yeah. Give me the I potatoes. too spicy, though. Well, not too spicy. But, you know, there has to be a little bit of... It's more than anything. To me, the kick has to be on the corn and the sausage and the potatoes. Yeah. And That's you, all I and, and that, to me, is the must. You get, and I've seen the crews out here. They've already got the sausage lined up, the, the corn. you got to have... Sausage, corn, and potatoes with yeah. your crawfish. If you don't have that, then you're doing it wrong. Of course, the diva Adam Klein had to pull the other. It's it's too much work for too little meat. I mean, he, he eats chicken tenders everywhere he goes. I wouldn't expect anything else other than that from him. I can't eat it with a fork. We're, we are, you and I, 
We're we're normal dudes. Yeah. Adam Clant, not a normal dude. By the he's, w- he's got his bald head, and he's probably over there waxing it or something right now. That's right, Clant. I'm talking about you. By the way, we are uh, out here, and, and Connor and I do the uh, Carbock Brewing Crawford Boxcast. And yes. the other day, Michael, I went over to Carbock Brewing, and I got a couple of cans of the limited edition world champion Crawford Bock with the gold cans. I've got a couple of those out here with me. So he does. Anybody, uh, anybody listening out there, if you want to stop by, come say what's up. It's my first look at it in person, and it's beautiful. It has the World Champions beautiful. logo on the side. It's got gold on top. It's got World Champions written on it. I mean, like yeah. you cannot get a better can than this Crawford Bach Special Edition. I may have to. We may have to make a stipulation say so you have to be 21 or older because yes. I don't believe in giving beer to kids. But, no, we you know, can't do that. But we do have uh, I have a couple of those here. Uh, but speaking of the Astros, today is, is today their, uh, tomorrow's their last game in Florida, right? This is it. Yeah, this Wrapping is it. Things up. They're heading back home to Houston. They'll play Monday, Tuesday against the Space Cowboys, but Monday will be in Sugar Land at Constellation Field, and Tuesday will be at Minute Maid Park. Both of those will be 7 o'clock first pitches for that. Uh, Astros Nationals today at 5 o'clock. Are we carrying that live? Yeah. Okay, that will be live today. 5 o'clock, Christian Javier, Patrick Corbin, uh, and then tomorrow, like you mentioned, they'll play one more, and that's an early start tomorrow morning, 10.05 against the Cardinals. Jose Urquidy will get his last look of the spring. I think they said that Ronel Blanco is going to start Tuesday or Monday's game in Sugarland against the Space Cowboys on Tuesday. It'll probably just be, you know, a bevy of minor league relievers. Let me give a quick disclaimer to our listeners, too. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, the Astros, I don't know if they've really announced this. Robert Ford, Steve Sparks, and the Astros Radio Network are taking off yeah. Monday and Tuesday. They are not doing those two games here. So if you're heading out to Sugarland to go see the Space Cowboys versus the Astros on Monday, have fun. I don't know if there's going to be any regulars out there. <laughs> well, I think that they're going to get it bad. I think there's going to be, I think they're going to get one round of it bad. You don't do to me you don't do this exhibition game in that ballpark without getting your regulars in it bad. I was told one big dog is definitely not going. So Jordan? No. Not he may. Bregman. I won't say who it is, but uh, and then Tuesday, Kyle Tucker. And then Tuesday at Minute Maid, that's that last one where it's like all B level dudes, yeah. and so that'll be a Minute Maid. But yeah, we won't have a radio broadcast of it. They, uh, Robert and Steve and Matt Bolts, I guess it was too much to get back here and gear up for the season. But uh, we will have you covered all day Thursday. That's right. We'll have Matt Thomas show and the A team live from out at uh, Astros uh, Fan F- or Street Fest. You'll be a part of that, and we'll take you all the way up to first pitch. And um, a little bit of an earlier start, 6 o'clock first pitch on Thursday night for the home opener. 6 o'clock first pitch with the new pitch clock, baby. We're going to be on the air for the 10th inning show by 8.30. It's going to be glorious. Fromber versus Dylan Cease. Oh, it's going to be a quick game, baby. That game might be a two-hour ball game. We're talking. We'll be on the air at 8.15. Let's go. I mean, look, selfishly, I'm going to completely admit to you all, I am so happy about the pitch clock because that means we most – I mean, there's still going to be three-hour baseball games. They've had three-hour baseball games this spring. But there are going to be so many nights this year where we can start the 10th inning. We did okay. I don't know what happened there. Maybe we're all right. Um, but we're going to have we had we're going to have so many 10th inning shows. We're we're going to be on the air between like 9:30 and 9:45, and it won't feel like we're up until midnight doing it. So I'm extremely excited about this season that's coming up. We did mention Framber Valdez was named the Astros opening day starter for Thursday. This will be his second opening day start. He won his opening day start last season, Michael. 
six and two-thirds scoreless innings, allowed just two hits and struck out six in a 3-1 win over the Angels out in Los Angeles. Yeah, remember, he started in that one very well, and then his next couple starts were shaky. He had that start out in Arizona, wasn't very good, and then he went on his run of incredible stuff for the next 25, 30 starts or whatever it was. Uh, it was the, the quality start tour was 25 starts in a row, I believe. Mm-hmm. I Look, this is, this is your staff ace. This is the guy that... They, you know, they were cautious with not letting, not wanting him to go to the World Baseball Classic. He did not do that. They kind of tried to limit the innings as much as possible. I think for good reason because they're going to count on Fromber this season to give you 200 plus. It's as simple as it gets. Like you got to eat a lot of the bulk of the innings. We know about the starting pitching uh, depth issues that they are now faced with. It sounds at least like Hunter Brown's not too serious. I don't think that there's reason to think that they're going to be putting him on the injured list uh, to start the year at this point because it sounds like he's he's moving around and doing stuff again. I know he was scratched from the start the other day, but yeah, their schedule in the month of of April has every Thursday off, uh, every Thursday and a Friday off. So there's a there's a day off every week in the month of April to where you know you can manipulate your your pitching your pitching lineup and how you work it as much as you need with all those days off. They're going to get into the portion of the season, I think, in June and July where they don't have as many days off and into August before in September they get a lot more of those. But, you know, I, for a team, it's, it's honestly been one of the most banged-up camps I feel like they've had in a long time. You know, you, you always to be a little bit concerned about that. I still think you feel really good going into this week without Altuve, without Michael Brantley, uh, but with Jordan probably going to be in there day, in day one. Go out there and uh, you know take advantage of this early because their early portion of the schedule has got a lot of winnable games this first month. Fromber does become the third lefty in Astros history to make back-to-back opening day starts. Can you name the other two? Dallas Keuchel. Yes. The other one's in the seventies. You got to go back. Um, I was going to say Jim Deshays. That wouldn't be him. Who wouldn't have been him? It's Dave Roberts. Oh, I wouldn't have gotten that yeah. one. Okay. Put a little little history there for you. By the way, the Mets. I saw starting Scherzer. Is this the first time in his career Justin Verlander is healthy and not an opening day starter? No. You just named who started for the Astros last year on opening day. Oh, uh, that's true, yeah. He was healthy last year, Verlander was. But prior to that, game. had every year he'd been healthy. Had, well, probably not. the year he got hurt here, he started opening day, and then he... There probably <laughs> was, a, there was probably a year in Detroit where he didn't. I mean, they had staffs with Scherzer. They had that's staffs true, with yeah. Marcelo and Price and... They had some good pitchers come I didn't through there. Think of that. But I mean, probably for the majority of his run there, they he started opening day. Tigers had Verlander and Scherzer. They no, they had a rotation: Verlander, Scherzer, David Price, and I know they went. But this was this was pre Cy Young, so he wasn't awful yet. Rick Porcello. That's right. Yeah. And I think Anibal Sanchez. Wow. They were loaded, man. They couldn't, and they were in the most pitcher friendly park in the freaking world, and they couldn't win a World Series. And you had uh, Miguel Cabrera in his prime. Maglio or Dorn or Donia. That was early. Yeah. They, I mean, that was their downfall. They didn't have a lot of great lineups. They had Tory Hunter. Remember, went there for a minute. It was yeah. pretty good. Uh, they got Justin Upton. They had Prince Fielder. They gave him a bunch of money. He hit some home runs there. Did you see a picture the other day? McTaggart tweeted it was uh, AJ Hinch talking with the media, the Tigers manager. But he yeah. had the, it was the Astros backdrop behind him. Oh, it was really? Weird. Yeah. They played the Astros. In the- they might have played the. Maybe they played the Nationals or something. I don't oh, know. It might have been what it was. Yeah. That is weird. It's still, and look, I'm as happy as a clam with Dusty Baker. It's still weird to this day to me that AJ Hinch is managing somewhere else. Well, and I saw because he wouldn't. I mean, like we all know, if all that had happened, hadn't happened, or hadn't come out, or whatever, he would still be the manager here to this day. He and Jeff Luna would still be here to this day. There were some idiots arguing on social media again the other day about how. 
they were not uh, they were not punished at all. And I'm like, like I know the fact we, that Luno and Hinch are not here. They they were somewhat punished. Come but on. like it, like I tweeted something the other day as a, like you know you do stuff sarcastically and whatnot. It was when uh, you Darvish went out to the bullpen for the World Baseball Classic, the final game. They sent him out to the bullpen to get loose for the uh, possible you know last couple innings. And I tweeted out, you Darvish in a uh, winner-take-all game, what could go wrong? And I tweeted the picture of him looking up at the sky as George Springer's running to home plate <laughs> behind him. And you would not believe my mentions after. It is 2023, and it's still all these Dodgers saying, you were cheating in that game. You were cheating. <laughs> no, they weren't. And even if they were, you were too. We all know that you were. Like, can we not get – like, it, it's just never going to end. Well, it's well, never going to end. When we come back, I want to kick around. I don't know if you saw ESPN put out their top 100 MLB players. I didn't. It's a crime. Yeah, and uh, a lot of Astros not high on their list. We'll talk about that when we return. This is a live edition of the Crawford Boxcast. Chris Gordy and Michael Connor coming to you from Cactus Cove here for the Crawfish Cook-Off. Come on out and see us. We'll be back right after this. Clutch moments are not to be Get Houston Rockets basketball. These are Kim Olajuwon, Sports Talk 790. You're home for Rocket basketball. Michael Connor, Chris Gordy with you until 1 o'clock from the crawfish cookout that is going on out here. Uh, people are starting to roll in and get themselves some some food. Some drinks are going to be had. The weather is absolutely fantastic. Somebody will be crowned, or multiple categories will be crowned Gordy for champion today. Just like the Houston Astros just did last year being crowned champions in the American, or not in just the American League, all of baseball. We're going to have the big unveil this week of, of course, the banner, all the fun stuff at the ballpark. You're going to have the big gold event, which is uh, obviously taking Houston by storm so far. I haven't gotten any gold so far. I don't know about you, but um, it's yeah, be- it, it was a little busy. I, the other night at midnight, I was sleeping. I was too. I mean, I'm no offense. I know. Look, I I love you all being so passionate about the Astros, and we want you all to be so passionate about the Astros. There is no way in hell you're getting me to line up at a store at 11 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night to get into a store at midnight to buy some stuff. There's just just no chance at all. Yeah. But for those of you that did, good on you. Hey, look, you know what? You guys keep spending your money, in all seriousness, on the Astros. Give them more money to always spend on this team, and let's keep this thing rolling for a long time because I never want to leave these days. Yeah, and I I bought the uh, the Altuve All Star jersey last year with and the gold on it. Yeah, the, well, no, it was all gray. Yeah, but the yeah, letter like the letter was cold. Yeah. yeah, and I like that one a lot. I wear that one a lot. So I was like, yeah. And then, then I got a Jordan jersey last year. So I'm kind of I'm a little tapped out. I don't need it now. Now I do have. The Astros so, want to send us one of those gold boxes with our own jerseys. Well, in it. I'll, I'll take. You it. have five hundred thousand Twitter followers. I mean, I, I mean, I have like I have like over twelve, I think. But they were hitting up. It was a lot of the big national influencers. I mean, yeah, we don't influence anybody at all. <laughs> well, I can argue our followers and listeners 
are already going to buy the jerseys. They're more. I would argue that they're more important than those people's <laughs> because they're the people that are spending well, money with you. Maybe they're starting to. Sw- maybe the barstool people can sway some no, people over not. to the Astros. No, they're not. We'll it's not happening. So, well, yeah, you keep doing that. But it is going to be fun. I mean, and, and here's the funny thing. I, I just. I don't know why I kept thinking this last night with the Final Four and U of H losing, and and it's cool having the Final Four here this weekend, but. The focus of this weekend is going to be the Astros. Oh, yeah, without it's a doubt. It's the world champion Houston Astros back home opening you know, the season at Minute Maid Park against the White Sox Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And um, look, no offense to the, to the Final Four. It's going to be fun. There's going to be a lot of events going on around town and all. But to me, the Astros will still be the focus this coming week. Without a doubt. I mean, I think that there's every reason in the world to be more focused on that than college basketball. Like, if U of H was playing in the Final Four this weekend, it probably would have been a little bit different. You know, you would have had a lot of people interested in that, and I would have been interested in it. I would have wanted to watch that game when it went. And, you know, from the standpoint of the Astros, it's a good thing this weekend. They've got a 1 o'clock game on Saturday, so you can actually do both. I mean, you can... You could do, excuse me, you could do Astros in the, in the early afternoon and you know, with the pitch clock. It's going to be a quick game. You're going to get in and out. And then you could go watch college basketball. So it's not like you're having to pick and choose necessarily this weekend. But, Gordy, you mentioned it before the break. Um, ESPN putting out their list of the top 100 players in Major yeah. League Baseball for this season. Now, look, these are subjective lists. You and I could do our own list. Uh-huh. They do not matter. It's just like power rankings and everything. You know what my favorite thing right now is? I got an ESPN alert, th- alert this morning as I'm working out. Reseeding the Elite Eight. Why? <laughs> It doesn't work that way. Right. That's just begging for clicks. That's what all this is. But uh, you know, it, this is this is stuff that you talk about. This well, is the, stuff that you get hot and bothered about. And honestly, I don't get too hot and bothered about a lot of things compared to how I used to. This one is stupid. This these <laughs> rankings suck. Well, the, the, as expected, the top two players in, in all of baseball are the two people we just saw face off in the last out of the World Baseball Classic the other night. Shohei Otani, number one, and Mike Trout, number two, of course. Does Mike Trout get knocked out of one of those spots, though? He's never healthy for a full season. True. And, and the funny thing was, I was saying, watching the other night, I was like, man, this is a big pressure spot for and Trout. Struck who out. never is has never really been in a big pressure spot. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, they've never, they've never been in the playoffs. So, it's yeah, these regular season MVPs are great, and Trout's fantastic. But, man, what, how much luster has taken off his career where he never goes to the playoffs. I mean, it definitely it's not his fault. I was having this argument the other night with Sabrina. She's like, well, you know, it's, he's not that great, clearly, because this team never goes. I go, you haven't looked at what his – you don't know what his t- – in baseball, you can have the best player in the world, and if your team around you is ass, it doesn't matter. And that's what they've had for years there in, in, you know, in Anaheim. They've had just god-awful teams with no pitching and just no chance of ever competing, and that's what he's stuck in. Like, Mike Trout's career is going to be defined as never going to the playoffs. It's just so, what's, what it's going to be. So we'll give you the top ten. It's Otani 1, Mike Trout 2, Aaron Judge 3, Manny Machado 4. I like Machado. I just... Like he was think, a monster last year. He's top four players in all of baseball. He's, I don't know if but Manny he plays, Machado... He plays one of the best third base in the league. Um, he's, I mean, he's turned into one of the most elite hit. He's always been an elite hitter. 35 home run plus power. Going to hit, you know, around 300 and driving over 100. He's going to be a 900 plus OPS guy every single year. This one, I, I was really, I don't know. It just, this one, like, if you thought Machado wasn't the fourth best player in baseball. I think the next two you have an issue with. Freddie Freeman being the fifth best player in all of baseball. I, again, I give Freddie, Freddie Freeman, Freeman a great player, but. 
unbelievable on base guy. I think the power is dipping, and it's going to continue to dip a little bit playing in Dodger Stadium compared to playing in Atlanta. I think he only hit like 21 home runs last year, but still going to hit well over 300. Still going to have an OPS 900 plus in all likelihood. Like, and he plays an elite level first base. So like, he's a top 10. To me, he's probably still a top 10 player in the league. I don't know if I'd put him at number five, but he's top 10. Juan Soto at six. Juan Soto is a top 10 talent. Juan Soto's production last year is not a player that right. was a top 10 player in the league. He wasn't very good, and he's always hurt, and he's not good defensively. Like he's great at all all the things at the plate, but at at what point do you downgrade a guy for being? I mean, like honestly, he's terrible defensively. Yeah. Compared to what he should be. Uh, rounding out the top ten, it's Julio Rodriguez from the Mariners Worthy. at seven. Trey Turner at eight. Too high. Mookie Betts at nine. Nine. Nolan Arenado at ten. Completely fine. Uh, you got to go all the way down to fifteen for the first Houston Astro. Again, this is ESPN's top one hundred MLB player rankings. Jordan Alvarez, the highest ranked Astro on this list, at fifteen. I know. That, see, here's Jordan's problem. One, not out there in front of people. Two doesn't speak publicly and doesn't do it in English. Speaks English, just doesn't do it publicly. Three, not flashy at all. Four. Flashy. Oh, like he's not. No, I mean, he's not, you know, he's not. He's got swagger, but he's like, not. Well, uh, he's, you know, he's just ahead of, or he's just behind Ronald Acuna. Yeah. That's the definition of flashy. Like, he's back so he flipping. He's got chains more on. Chains. He's, he's a, he's, he goes viral for things other than his home run. Like, the way he sells it. Jordan is hit the home run. Put, we saw the most emotion he ever had was the damn the Seattle one where he throws the bat in the air, yeah. and then Game Six of the World That's Series true. where he points the dugout. He like doesn't crazy. talk. He no. doesn't do anything. He literally just you know, goes is, about his business. He's the Astros' Andre Johnson. Yeah, a little bit. A little but bit. you have all those things. And Jordan gets dinged by that, but he also gets dinged by the fact that people don't associate him as an outfielder. I'm trying to think. He had played like six, oh, yeah, and he sure. pulled the exact number. And this year, I'm telling you, he's going to play 100 games at least in the outfield. And he's not a bad outfielder by any means. We've seen it. He's got one of the better arms in all of baseball. He is, if you just run through this list of every single guy ahead of him on there, all elite hitters. Jordan is better than every single one of them, and I'm including Aaron Judge, I'm including Mike Trout, I'm including Shohei Otani, I'm including all those guys. As a hitter, pure, purely as a hitter, he's better than all of them. And look, Game 6, World Series, he was the difference maker. I mean, he's the one who hits the home run to put that game away. So, um, he's done it on the biggest stage. Uh, former Astros on the list here, Garrett Cole coming in at 19. He's, you know what Garrett Cole's become now? The re- He's a regular season monster. Oh, yeah. He's, uh, what, Clayton Kershaw now. Yeah. Great regular season pitcher. Postseason. Um, he'll have a game here or two, but, like, we saw it. The Astros got to him. Justin Verlander comes in at number 22, and Carlos Correa comes in at number 24. Can I, can I call my hot take of the year? And I love Justin Verlander. Forever one of my favorite pitchers. I think he's going to have an ERA north of 3-5 this year. Really? Yep. Because of that division? or The I mean, division? Which there's less divisional games. I just think he genuinely. Like I went back, I've gone back recently. And I looked and I just kind of ran through a lot of games in the season because I've been bored and I've missed baseball. And I did watch a lot of his starts. He he does not miss bats the way that he used to. Yeah, I mean, that's what we saw in the postseason. Didn't miss bats. 
Michael. Guys can make contact against him with anything he throws. We got to go all the way down to number 38 before we find the next Houston Astros. That's, That's Kyle Tucker. That's an absolute crime. Kyle, Kyle Tucker. Tucker is one of the 20 best players in Major League Baseball. It is not even. They a, put Adley Rushman ahead of Kyle That's Tucker. That's an absolute joke. <laughs> Adley Rushman, the catcher tell, from the Orioles. At tell, tell me you don't watch the Houston Astros without telling me you watch. don't watch the Houston Astros. Rushman hit 254 last season. <laughs> like, He's what, a great rookie. He's going to be the best catcher in baseball for years. Yeah. But he is not ahead of Kyle Tucker right now. Kyle Tucker, two straight 30 home run seasons. 800, I mean, his dat- batting average is down last year. 800 plus, over 800 OPS. Gold Glover in right field. One of, the, one of the best defensive outfielders in the entire game. He's a top 20 player in the league. Tucker, 38th. Alex Bregman, 39th on this list. I think that's completely fair. And then Framber Valdez at 42. Where was Altuve? He's like 67. That's a joke. <laughs> And you know, Jose Altuve was top five in the American League in OPS last year, and you have him at 67? Like, think that of, is, that, what, what are you looking at? Think of a game on the line that needs somebody to get a hit. Do you want to go with Adley Rushman or Jose Altuve? <laughs> According to MLB, ESPN's MLB rankings, they would go with Adley Rushman. Yeah. Um, good luck to them. Whatever. I mean, terrible. Absolute terrible. Let's get to a break. 713-212-5790 if you do want to join us on the phone lines. They are open this morning. You want to talk about the uh, terrible rankings there for the um, you know the ESPN's MLB Top 100 for the season. Gordon, we also have to get into some uh, Houston Texans who continue to make some moves this week. We're with you out here uh, at Cactus Cove until 1 on Sports Talk 790. It's Blummer. Former Astro Jeff Blum. Holy Toledo! Sports Talk 790. What a play by Blum! Is your home of Astros baseball. It is your home for Astros baseball. Sports Talk 790. Michael Connor and Chris Gordy. We're live from Cactus Cove. 3333 West 11th Street. You need to get out here, first of all, again. The weather is tremendous. There's a breeze. Yep. It's beautiful. And there's a crawfish cook-off going on. I honestly, like, why haven't we got to get our hands on some crawfish already? Because I am starving. Yeah, I think it officially starts up at 1, but there's a lot of folks out here already taking advantage of the beautiful weather. and uh, The food all, that they have here at Cactus uh, Cove. Yeah, all the teams are, I see all the crawfish are already in the pots over there. So they're all boiling and they're going. So uh, I think at 1 is when you can start sampling and trying. And of course, uh, when you buy the wristband, they give you the, the tickets to, to drop in on best tasting, best presentation, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, I didn't think of with crawfish, you, part of the taste great has to be if there's any you know you got to suck the head and then eat the meat right i don't suck the head i know that that's wrong according to your standards it's i've just never been one to suck the head you have to enjoy every part of the crawfish my lady does that she sucks the head okay like we go out and she always makes let's let's, you know what i'm not talking you're You're going in the gutter i know what you're talking about but we're crawfish uh cook-off out here at uh, cactus cove coming up and uh we're, we're here with you and uh uh, before the break, Michael, we were still kind of talking about some of the Astros players on the on this uh, on this list. I did want to finish off the thought on uh, where they're ranked. The uh, again, no Astros players. One Astros player ranked in the top thirty. Yeah, Jordan Alvarez. Did you mention all the Astros players? No, I didn't. So, okay. so we mentioned Fromber was forty-two. After that, you get to. Um, Jeremy Pena at 52. Uh, okay, all right. World Series MVP, Jeremy Pena. That, 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 I, I, and I love Jeremy Pena as much as anybody else. And I think he's going to have a great year this year. 
That right there, having him behind or ahead of Jose Altuve on the list, tells me everything I know to need to know about your list. Jeremy Pena was barely above 700 in the OPS department last year. Won the Gold Glove at shortstop. Had an unbelievable postseason, but was a strikeout machine and didn't get on base at all. Had a, th- a below 300 on base percentage. He is not a higher ranked player on this list than Jose Altuve. That is. Insane. He had a rough. There was a stretch of last season where it was rough for him. There were a lot of offers yeah. in there, and it was in the middle of the season. His last two months are really good. Yeah, um, but fifty-two. Uh, that's fair, but it just feels weird. The guy who was just named World Series MVP, and you're saying he's not even a top fifty player in baseball. Okay. I mean, look again. Based on his regular season numbers last season, he's not a top fifty player in baseball. I mean, that's one of the things he has to get better at this year. He has to become a more of an on base guy, become more disciplined at the plate. Not going out there, you know, being swinging at everything all the time. That's part of what he has to do to grow this season. But I'm th- I think he's going to do just that. Former Astro George Springer checks it at 63. That's about right. Yeah. It's always hurt. If he could stay healthy, yeah. George Springer's better than the 63rd best player in baseball. There, oh, it's 60 at number 67. It's Jose Altuve. It's a joke. <laughs> it's an absolute joke. It says, as with Bryce Harper, Altuve would have ranked a lot higher, but the broken thumb he suffered in the World Baseball Club. Like, so you're literally that's wrong. You shouldn't be ranking that it just that happened. You're yeah. dropping him. <laughs> no, Jose Altuve is still a top 25 player in baseball at minimum. Yeah. Uh, the same thing. They put Brandon Nimmo at, at 68 for the for the Mets. Brandon Nimmo, who literally never stays healthy and has no power? Yeah. Uh, Chris, I mean, who put together this list? Christian Javier, who was part of two no-hitters last year, including one like 194 strikeouts and 148 um, innings last year? They, ESPN has him ranked as the 70th best player in baseball. I mean, based on his overall, he's not throwing a lot of innings. He hasn't. So, like, I can get why he'd be lower. I can I can accept that one to an extent. Will he have over two hundred strikeouts this year? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he has to be a one seventy innings pitch guy. I know that you uh, were a little bit hot and bothered about it. NFL draft stuff still going on. Texans, of course, at the second pick. Pro days and the Texans being absent at them. We'll discuss as we kick off the second hour from Cactus Cove here on Sports Talk Seven Ninety. KBME Houston, KTBZ HD Two Houston, iHeart Radio Station. Proud home of your world champion, Houston Astros. Houston, we did it again. How about the Mastos? This is Sports Talk 790 from the Carbingo.com studios. Astros fans, cheers. Welcome to the Crawford Boxcast. The Houston Astros. Proudly poured for you by Crawford Bach from Carbach Brewing. You're getting down with beer. Oh my goodness. The Crawford Boxcast starts now. Here we go. Here's Chris Gordy and Michael Connor. Final hour with us here from Cactus Cove, 3333 West 11th Street, where the crawfish cook-off will be kicking off in a bit, Gordy. We're out here on the patio under some shade. The breeze is going. 
this place is packed already for 11 o'clock in the morning. No, it's 12, excuse me. I forgot yeah. what time it is. It's 12 o'clock. Uh, they've got some shops out here. they got everything going. It's a place to be today. A bunch of TV screens out here. I know that they got basketball coming on later. So when we come started, on out. When we started the show, this was all empty. And now we got yeah. we have like a, somewhat of an audience. And I don't know if they want to hear what we're saying. We do have some Astro. I've got some Astro's towels still to give away. And uh, a couple more of those Crawford box. If you're listening, you want to come by, grab one of the world champion gold uh, Crawford box. So, um, yeah. It's yeah. fun. It's fun, man. Fun fun stuff out here. We're with you again until the uh, top of this hour, 1 o'clock. Something that, Gordy, you guys were talking about the other day, and I know you've got a lot of brush back on, and I did want to get to it because, of course, we are creeping ever so closer to the NFL draft. I mean, we're still, what, a month away, basically? Mm-hmm. Um, Texans going to pick at number two and number 12 in that first round. Big draft for them, of course. D'Amico Ryan's first year as the head coach. Uh, but something that stood out from this week, of course, you had the pro days for C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, the assumed first and second picks of the draft. Where they go exactly? I don't know. I feel pretty – like, my belief is that we're going to see C.J. Stroud be the first pick. Josh McCown over there telling me the other day, maybe you'd be living in Charlotte in front of the cameras. Like, okay. Um, yeah, he told him something about we're going to get you your own – was it basketball court or something? I don't yeah. Know. He promised something to him, and uh, somebody was like, yeah, that might be a violation. I don't know. Like, they are, you can't be making promises to a guy about – That's true. That's like a cat violation. Yeah. Uh, good job, Josh McCown. Thank God the Texans don't, didn't go down that road, the Josh McCown road. Could be the head coach right now. Could have been. With Jack Easterby running things. But he's not the head coach right now. So the Texans pick at two. And, of course, like I mentioned, the pro days this week for C.J. Stroud at Ohio State. And then uh, was it the next day or a couple days after for Bryce Young? I don't remember the exact days. I think, it was, I think it was the very next, the next day. day. Yeah, yeah. Wednesday and Thursday. So, I mean, look, we live in a world of private jets, all those things. These guys can get all to all these places and it'd be no problem. Even commercial flying, they'd be no problem. The thing that stood out from this week is that the Texans did not have their general manager – Nick Casario, at C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young's Pro Day. And that also includes their head coach, D'Amico Ryans. Mm -hmm. Now, they have people at these events, but you didn't like it, and I listened to you guys talk about it the other day. And I have to say, like, I I know that we're on the radio and you're supposed to disagree with each other for for the sake of content. I'm with you. I don't understand at all why you do not have your head coach or general manager at the pro day for either one of them. I know that you're going to have individual sit-downs with these guys. You're going to have them in town for visits and everything, and that's more important than a pro day. A pro day is pomp and circumstance. Like, I've been to one in my life, and you went with me, that Johnny Manziel yeah. one. That's mm-hmm. the only one I've been. That was the most insane thing. of it. Like, it was a bunch of crap. It was a bunch of fluff. You didn't need it. I get it. But I still don't like the fact that your general manager – isn't getting his butt out there and going to a damn pro day for a position that they clearly need and are going to take it number two. Yeah, I mean, it does beg the question, are they, well, they maybe not take a quarterback at two. Like, if you, because there's in my no mind, way they're not, right? The, there's what, just no way. This is not hyperbole. This number two pick is the most important pick in the Nick Casario regime. This could, this could determine whether they keep him long term or whether he's fired next offseason. Like that's being that's real talk. If that's if it's the most important pick, and y'all are pretty sold on you, you know you might be taking a quarterback there. Why would you not want to just go get eyes and ears? If anything, 
if it's Bryce Young or C.S. Stroud, go show love to both of them. Yeah. Go, be, like, because that's what the Panthers. Well, you're going to have one of them available to the you. The Panthers said everybody. The Panthers were at Will Levis's pro day yesterday. They took him out to dinner the night before. They took all these guys out to dinner this week. Yeah. Wind and dined them. If anything, you get to know them a little bit better. And if that's your guy, again, smokescreen, you can you can show love to all of them. But, like, if, if you have your guy, man, I was watching Frank Wright talking with Bryce Young at his pro day the other day. Got his hand on his shoulder, laughing. Like, get to know this guy personally. And this goes back to Casera's mentality. When he calls guys the player, when he doesn't call guys by name, it's because he's a robot. It's because these it's guys the are all England. just... It's still the New England. It's just know. pieces, you know, we're, okay, you might be a quarterback, our quarterback, you might not, but we're not going to show any love or emotion to you because you're just the player. Yeah. And it's so stupid because it's like, no, if you're taking that guy and he's the face of your franchise, show some love to him. Show that we're all on the same page together. We believe in you. You believe in us. It's just, it's going to be very strange when they, if they take a quarterback number two, let's say it's Bryce Young, and Bryce Young goes, yeah, man, there were 12 GMs at my pro day and uh, you weren't one of them. Yet you guys want to believe in me, and I'm the guy. It's just, why not develop that relationship? And you put out the tweet, didn't you, earlier or yesterday about the the two that you found that didn't yeah. have anybody at so it? So I had to go. I was like, let me go back and do some Which, research. by the way, kudos to you for going back and doing this research because that is a lot of work to go and find this. This yeah, is about an hour of Google searches. Okay. But, but, no, I mean, just finding – I went back and looked. At, at quarterbacks drafted in the first round the last five years, and their pro days – whether the GM, head coach, OC, or owner yeah. were in were in attendance. I threw owner in there. Normally, owners don't go to pro days. Although the, the, the Panthers there, right? did, yeah, yeah. which they, is completely they, weird. They sent everybody. Yeah, but like, and I went back and I was I was amazed at how many I started to run through. It was like uh, Trevor Lawrence. It was Urban Meyer and his OC and quarterback coach okay. were all there. Um, Zach Wilson, and again, we can debate whether these were good picks or not. Zach Wilson, the Jets GM and head coach were there at his pro day. Justin Fields, they, you know, head coach, GM were at his pro day. Like, I just kept running through. Now, 2020 was a little different. That was COVID, COVID so they didn't yeah, have a pro day. Thing. But Joe Burrow, I read, they had the Bengals OC had like 20 Zoom calls with Joe Burrow. Like, they showed love to him. or like, you're our guy, yeah. whatever. But even prior to that, you know, you go back to 20, and this is, there were two cases where they didn't, the, there was no head coach, GM, or OC at the pro day. It was Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. Now, Baker Mayfield is a little, like, remember the Browns were just a, a, a pound of heaping trash at the was time. That, was, like, was Sashi Brown still the GM at that point? I don't remember the timing, but it was just, it was off. And then the, the, the Carolina thing was different because they had just fired Steve the Wilkes. The Cardinals thing, yeah. The Cardinals, sorry. They had just hired Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury. And everybody in the and world knew, though, that Cliff was going to take. You hire Cliff because you wanted to take Kyler. Cliff. Because Cliff, literally, when he was at Texas Tech, said, I would take Kyler Murray the first pick in the draft. But remember the timing, too. They had, they had just drafted Rosen. Yeah, the year and it was, like they were ten. trying to be sensitive with that. They didn't want to, they didn't want to, like, anger him. And <laughs> they'd all already this. angered their, their fan, or they'd already angered some people by firing their coach after one year. So I went back and looked. There was this big, they made an announcement the day before Oklahoma's Pro Day and Norman the next day. It was an announcement that neither Steve Kahn, like, the GM, the owner, and, and Cliff will not be there. Like, they made an announcement. That's I'm like, weird. why do you need to make an announcement? Yeah, that's weird. But I think it was the Rosen thing. They didn't want to They didn't want to show their hand, Which at the end of but the day, they also want to be sensitive to him. It was a weird thing. So I, I put both those cases are a little unique. The, the Texans right here not sending Casario or D'Amico to Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud's Pro Day, to me, is like somebody, somebody wrote an article like, oh, they're trying to 
trying to play poker here. They're not trying to show their hand. Poker it's like, for what? You have the number two pick. Who cares? We know you're Who taking a quarterback. You show your hand. Yeah. Like, there's there's going to be a quarterback available at two. Unless, and if you don't take a quarterback, then you're stupid. Unless they love Stroud over Bryce Young, and they don't want to show their hand that maybe they like Stroud a little bit more, but then and just go to both. Like, there were, what There were reports that they had talked to the Bears about trading up. They were one of the teams to talk to the Bears about trading up, which they didn't do, obviously. Yeah. Um, oh, God, here comes our... He's wearing a, he's wearing red, white, and blue vans, by the way. <laughs> uh, our, our good buddy Rob Logan is out here who uh, handles all of our stuff, gets us out here to Cactus Go. But, no, I, like, I, I understand the thought process of, uh, you know... Of wondering if it's like smoke screens or whatever it might be and all that. Like, it's just there's just no reason for you to not send one of your two guys there. And like you mean, the, D'Amico Ryan's at the Alabama Pro Day should have been a lock. That's it's I know silly. they didn't play for Nick Saban, but it's but his he's, alma mater. Yeah, and he's, he's one of the one of the better players to come out of there. You know, defensively throughout all the years that have happened, you know, recent years and everything. And I, I don't even. I'd Mike Vrabel was at many, Ohio State's Pro Day. How many Alabama players have become head coaches in the NFL recently? I, mean, they're, they're, I don't think there's ever been. He might be the only point. one representing them. Yeah. Actually, like, so yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Oh, and by there. the way, that guy Will Anderson was also working out there. The guy who you might want to take it too. So again, like I just don't understand. It goes back to Casario always, and again, I've always said this from the moment I first saw him, is he comes across as I'm the smartest guy in the room. Yeah. I'm smarter than you. I'm going to use words that are above your intellect, and I'm just... It just again, talks I'm, in circles. When I heard him on one of those shows say he never had a Cheeto in his life, I'm like, this dude's not human. He said that? Like, oh, yeah. He, he's like, I don't even know what a Cheeto is. I can is. tell you right now, I had a baked hot, or a baked regular Cheeto yesterday. Wonderful. But like, anyway, the point being, like, and I go back to it's the player. It's never showing love to anybody. And, and again, you're going to find your butt fired in a year yeah. if you don't embrace this. And again, you got D'Amico, who Cal is, is completely on board with him. Like, if Cal's got to choose sides here, if there starts to be a tiff, a riff, it's, he's siding with D'Amico. Well, let's be honest with it. They, they're. I think all the writing's on the wall, right? Like, they, if they were going to fire Nick. They, they were going to make this decision on their head coach just because they wanted D'Amico Ryans. They're going to find the, the GM that works with him a year later. Nick Casario's dead man walking. I don't care who he drafts. Like, to me, it just screams he's dead man walking after this season. What's the point of keeping him? Like, seriously, what is the point of keeping him? Is there any? Well, I know that you could go up to the press conference and say all the great, cute little things. He like dra- He drafted we, well last year. Did he? Yeah. On paper, it looks like a good draft so far. I mean, his first pick didn't do anything. It's hurt. When he was healthy, Derek Stingley played the, well. The defensive rookie of the year was at the same position. Went a few picks later. One pick later. One pick later, yeah, excuse me. And then Kenyon Green's kind of been a... But Christian Harris looks pretty good. Damian Pierce looked pretty good. I mean, so we'll see. But, again, I just... I, I don't understand... I will say I have why no. you... Like, James... He, oh, and people are like, James Lipford was there. Okay, James Lipford's butt's not on the line here. James Lipford, again, his and his job is college scouting. Scouting, he should be the one back here looking at film. And somebody brought up they he said, could be at the pro day. They too. said Nick said something about oh he he doesn't go to pro days outside of the state of Texas. So that's why. What does he not like the to day? Fly? The day of C.J. Stroud, he was at SMU. The day of Bryce Young, he was at U of H. That one I had the big problem with. I'm like those U of H guys are literally working out here. You can see them whenever you want. You didn't have to be at U of H's pro day. U of H guys aren't going high in the draft. Right, and like okay, you want to go see Tank Dell. Dude, like, okay, are we more worried about third and fourth round picks right now? Yeah. 
to me, the number two pick is the most. That should be where the majority of your focus is right now. Yeah. And and again, that's what the Panthers are doing. Players. They're going to all these pro days. They went to they went to Will Levis's. They went to CJ Stroud. They went to Bryce Young to put more eyes and ears on these guys and get a full, complete evaluation. I will say for for you and I, and I know I know that the work's not done because there are personal connections and meetings and all that you have to do. I think though, for the most part, in terms of the tape and all that, and, and football wise, they know what they are. They're, they're done with all that. They can sit here and say, like, oh, we're evaluating this. They, you have, know, an, Carolina, they have an idea already. Carolina, they, they keep they making it clear. that sources in that building say Carolina trained for the number one pick, and they still don't know who they're taking. There's no way. I think they have an idea, but I think. Well, my favorite thing has been the whole Carolina could still trade the pick. You don't trade no, all the way up to one from nine to trade the pick again. That's out the window. But like, I know, but like when people were bringing that up and they're like, this is a real possibility. I'm like, no, they're not. What are you talking about? I just think if if the pick is going to be Bryce Young, and he's an Alabama guy, and D'Amico is an is an Alabama guy, I just don't understand why you don't just go show him some love at the pro day. I am like, it just what does it hurt? What were you doing that was more important? Somebody said maybe he was looking at schools. D'Amico's been here a year and a half, and he lived in Houston. You think he's going to go look at schools for his kids? He knows what schools to send his kid to. And he lived here. Yeah, he lived here. He knows what he's doing. Seven one three two one two five seven nine. If you want to jump in on that discussion with the Texans, were you bothered that they did not send anybody out to the pro days in terms of their big guys, Nick Casario and uh, D'Amico Ryan? the head coach. I do want to talk about something Bryce Young related next, and if it bothers Gordy, if it bothers myself, we'll do that as we're live from Cactus Cove right here on Sports Talk 790. Coming to you from Cactus Cove here on Sports Talk 790, 3333 West 11th Street. Michael Connor, Chris Gordy, come on out. The crawfish cook-off will be kicking off here very soon. The beers are already flowing. The, uh, there's a lot of people out here hanging out. There's shops. There's everything going on. And again, we, like we've been saying, the weather absolutely tremendous today uh, to be hanging out on the patio. Look, we gotta we got to take in these days while we can because before we know it, we're about to be in that heat box that is going to be uh, sucking us into the air conditioning here before before we uh, you know yeah, before we know it. There's a 20% chance of rain on Thursday for opening day, so I'm, I'm just hoping that it clears up. But think of like the last few years on opening day. Sometimes we've had cold Astros opening day. We've had really hot Astros opening day. It looks like it's going to be kind of just this kind of temperature on Thursday. That's completely fine. Uh, we were talking Texans in the last segment, 713-212-5790 is the number to join us uh, with the Texans not having their two top guys, Nick Casario or uh, D'Amico Ryans at the pro days of C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. Let's go to the phone lines. We're going to talk to Lamont. What's up, Lamont? Hey, man, the way I look at it, uh, you know, I, uh, I heard about all that stuff back. The way I look at it, I, the Texans are selecting them. They're not selecting, uh, he's not selecting the Texans, so I don't feel there's no reason for him to be out there. And, and here's uh, the other little secret. With the combine and all this comes down with timing, timing, uh, I understand the combine, everybody being out there, because what you guys have taught me over the last 10, 15, 20 years is that a lot of that stuff is pretty much for networking, uh, uh, you know, making deals and stuff. That's before the draft. This is after the draft. Uh, they can look at that dude and find out anything that they need to know about uh, uh, 
Stroud or uh, Bryce Young. After the fact, uh, the Texans are selecting those players. Those, it would be a total different situation if we was trying to woo those players to the Texans. I, I, I don't think it's a big deal. I think it's a big deal because we just never heard no GM say anything like that. Uh, that's all I have, fellas. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Lamont. I mean, I, look, I, th- I think overall, big picture, you're probably right. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Um, because, again, these things are such fluff pieces to where... But, again, history has showed us... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Major- I mean, Overwhelmingly, majority of guys who... Quarterbacks who have taken in, been taken in the first round, either the GM or the head coach of the OC was present at their pro day. I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, personally... I think if we get to draft day and the Texans don't take a quarterback at two, I think they're making a mistake. I think it's definitely a possibility. I'm going to be pissed. Me, personally, as somebody that's grown up in this city with them since day one, I'm going to be very, very angry if they don't take a quarterback at two. Because that comes with the caveat. I love both guys. I love C.J. Stroud. I love Bryce Young. I'm Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud first. But... To me, both those guys scream franchise quarterbacks. You have to take one of them. Georgia had their pro day already. What if they get up there in the Houston Texans with the second overall pick in the draft? So, like, Jalen Carter, Georgia. Take Will Anderson first. I agree, but they didn't go to Bama's. Take, take, my, to, dude, take my dude from Texas. They didn't Texas go to Bama's pro day. So, do they really love Will Anderson? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know either. I mean, again, I, I don't think that you're going to learn a lot from those. And one thing from the, from the pro day that I did want to get to with Bryce Young, did you see that he um, – that he, Bryce Young, did not weigh in <laughs> at the pro day? Yeah. After he weighed in at the combine. What was the number of the combine? Like 190, was it like 194 or something? It was close to 200, right? Yeah. I think it was over 200. Okay, maybe he was. I mean, without a doubt, he packed on as much as he could for the for the combine weigh in. So he, so we could all have that number. I get why he didn't weigh in again. He was 204. Okay, 204. He's probably back to like 195 now. Because you know he's probably he's probably sitting in his hotel room the night before eating a bunch of fast food and milkshakes and just getting himself all fattened up. What does it matter though? Like so it doesn't somebody matter. Somebody was like, it's overrated. It's he's over five height. foot ten and a half. If he was six foot, I'd have him as a lock at number one. Like an inch. <laughs> oh man, does that make that much no, of a difference? It doesn't. That's people talking in circles, trying to fill airtime, trying to fill clicks, whatever it might be for an extended period of time. And he was two hundred four, but if he's one ninety eight, can't do it. Like, <laughs> no, nope, like, can't do it. Different does it make it? But yeah, if he weighs so say say he's ten pounds less than what he weighed there. Say he realistically plays at one ninety four. Is ten pounds that big of a deal? It's not. A lot of people think it is. What's I mean, the big deal? Is is he playing behind a good offensive line, which matters for every quarterback, no matter what their size is? Ask Andrew Luck, who is the prototypical size, what it's like to play behind a terrible offensive line. It ended up pushing him to retire way early. Well, and if height is so important for a quarterback. Ask Brock Osweiler about that. Yeah. While he's calling, like, the D-level games of college football now. I still can't believe he's on like TV. Like, five years removed from being the Houston Texans quarterback. I just don't understand how he is on television anywhere. It's one of the most mind-blowing things ever. Six foot seven. He must have a great agent. And couldn't, couldn't do anything. No, he was terrible. Absolutely terrible. But, like, all that, at the end of the day, does not matter to me. Bryce Young might be small. Do you love having a sm- Would you prefer your guy to be a little bit larger? Of course you would. But I watched, like I know you did because you're, you know, your SEC stuff. Did you hear Saban's quote on him? 
on yes on Bryce Young. Yes. Young. I okay. said he's like another coach on the field that they were they would come in on a Sunday to watch film for the next opponent. Yeah, he had already watched it. Yeah, I mean like it's he's doing the all, work ethic, all, all those the, things, all the things we heard about Joe Burrow. Is and, and the accuracy. I mean, Bryce Young, like he, he's got all the Joe Burrow qualities. He just isn't Joe Burrow's height. Yeah, and, um, and he's not as he's a leader. He's not as vocal. He's a little bit more quiet. Yeah, measured. But again, to me this year, when I look at the film at Alabama this year, this was the worst offensive line that Bama's had in the it Nick was Sa- in the God Nick Saban era. Awful. I watched all those games too. It was god awful. They had to go steal left tackle Tyler Steen. They had to go get him from Vanderbilt. Yeah. Like Bama should never. In what world are they going to get an offensive line transfer from Vanderbilt? Um, and then the receivers were just a hodgepodge of nothing. Ja'Cory Brooks and all the. I mean, it was just there was no alpha for the first time ever at Alabama yep. from. Uh, got Calvin Ridley to Julio Jones to Jamison Williams. I mean, they just had stud after stud after stud. They didn't have a stud this year. Yeah. And yet Bryce Young was still uber productive. And literally, my favorite stat that uh, I talked with um, Chris Doring at at um, Senior Bowl a few weeks ago, and and he threw this quote at me, and it was just it's still mind boggling to me. Bryce Young never left the field this year without his giving his team the lead. That is wild. He ne- it, they lost to LSU in overtime because LSU went for two. They That's got right. the ball first. They took the lead. That's right. LSU answered and said, we're going for the win here. They went for two. Bryce Young couldn't do anything about that. You can. And then right. at Tennessee, he led his team down the field. Even when Tennessee came back, set him up a field goal range, their field goal kicker. Mixed, missed it. Tennessee gets the ball back. They go back and kick a game-winning field goal. Bryce Young didn't have anything to do with either of those losses. Bryce Young, as far as I'm concerned, had them undefeated this year. The two losses came when he wasn't even on the field. I mean, yeah. Again, it gets back. I mean, even defensively, the, the Alabama defense what isn't what wasn't what it's been. They had Will Anderson on it. Was it hasn't been you know wasn't all that great last year. And there's a lot of factors. I, I think that there's a lot of simple-minded approach to talking about Bryce Young, and I hate that for him because again, I, now look, I'm completely biased because my significant other went to Alabama, so I watch every <laughs> I've watched every single game Bryce Young has played. I don't miss him. Well, and I hate Alabama. So I know you're giving him love. And you, and you, lo- you love him. him. You want him. That's that's what I'm. Th- that's 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 when you know it's legit. Though. I'll take I'll take Will Anderson though. If they really think that Will Anderson is the next. I don't know, Julius Peppers or, you know, whatever, elite level pass rush. I would be fine with that. The problem becomes, do you want to settle for, for Levis or Richardson? Because they're not going to be there 12. So that means the 12th pick, you got to move up. Or I think you could wait and get Hendon Hooker, who I have high aspirations I know you for. like him. I think, I think Hendon's great. The problem is he's 25, so the clock's already ticking on him. I'm not so worried about the age. He's 25. I mean, look. Okay, so he plays for 10 years. If you get a franchise quarterback for 10 years, I just, I don't know. I will tell you this. I take him over Anthony Richardson all day long. I love the, I the cannot, tangibles with Richardson. But I don't even care about that. He has got to be with a Shanahan, like a, a, an offensive guru that is going to work with him day in and day when out. When is he going to learn how to put touch on the ball? When he had the quote where he's like, I don't care. you got to catch it. I'm going to throw it as hard as I can. <laughs> that tells me all I need to know. You are not... There's there's some sort of something you know with your football intellect that's not there yeah. because if this you team, can't play that way. Put it this way: this Texas team had Gary Kubiak with Andre Johnson and DeAndre Hopkins. Like if they had that personnel, or like a quarterback guru who's going to work with them and two great receivers, I would say absolutely. Let's take Anthony Richardson because those receivers will pick him up, and that that quarterback guru is going to work with him day in and day out and get the best out of him. I'd rather. The- I don't know what Bobby Slowick is right now. I don't know if he yeah. is the next. Kyle Shanahan 2.0. I 
And the receivers right now are kind of meh. When I see Robert Woods and who's the other ones they signed, it's kind of whatever. The it's, guy from the Cowboys. Yeah, no, Noah, Noah Brown. Brown yeah. I mean, it's they're fine, but it's not elite. They're, 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 th- they're three or four, number three or number four receivers on most teams. And then the, the thing I like, if, if Mechie is going to play any role in this team and he's fully healthy now, ready to go, I love the chemistry aspect of him and Bryce Young already yeah. being on the same page. Already they got to find a number one. He was super, super productive two years ago. I, look, we're just going to keep talking it until it happens. Give me Bryce Young in the city of Houston, and uh, we're good to go. We are live out here from Cactus Cove. Again, 3333 West 11th Street here on 790. The uh, crawfish cook-off going to get going here. Place is packed. They're ready to go. They're ready to eat some crawfish. We're ready to eat some crawfish. We're going to do that in just a bit. Uh, we got 30 more minutes with you. We'll get back into some Astros discussion uh, as we start to wrap things up here over those next 30 minutes here on Sports Talk 790. We're live from Cactus Cove here on Sports Talk 790. Michael Connor and Chris Gordy for just under 30 minutes more. But the party is not stopping out here at Cactus Cove because the crawfish cook-off is about to really get kicked into gear uh, here in just, what, starting at 1 o'clock, Gordy's when the uh, the crawfish cook-off is, is going to get going. And we're going to vote on – we're going to eat a lot of – a lot of crawfish. We're going to vote on a lot of stuff. So come on out and uh, get yourself your wristbands and everything and uh, get yourself into the uh, crawfish cook-off that's going out here have some drinks and everything. Uh, Gordy, the Astros lineup today for the uh, spring training game at the, the, the Nationals this evening at 5 o'clock, 5.05 first pitch here on Sports Talk 790. You're going to have uh, the Astros facing Patrick Corbin who uh, once, unfortunately, did a lot of things to them in the World Series in 2019. Yeah. Uh, uh, pitching for the Astros today is Christian Javier. Lineup is out. Is this a opening day lineup minus Kyle Tucker? I'm going to give it to you right now. Yeah, Tucker, they said, uh, Chandler Room said, is a scheduled day off. For yes. So. Jeremy Pena is leading off today at shortstop. Mm-hmm. Jordan is in left. He's batting second. I don't think he'll hit second. No. I think it'll be it'll be Kyle Tucker in the two hole. But this is close. Mm-hmm. Alex Bregman three, playing third of course at first. Jose Abreu hits cleanup. Justin Dearden batting five in the DH. It, Dearden has made a name for himself this spring. They like him. Jake Myers in center bats six. Chaz McCormick in right bats seventh. Mauricio Dubon at second bats Ugh. eighth. Martin Maldonado at nine doing the catching. I will tell you that. So the lineup will get better with. Kyle Tucker in it. I will not. I, I don't want Mauricio Dubon in the opening day lineup. I don't want Mauricio Dubon playing second base. Like I mean, I, like occasionally I get I'm it. I'm telling you right now, he's going to play at least. And you're, I, you're at least twice a week. He will be your starting second baseman. You're one thousand percent correct. You know why? Because this is Dusty Baker. <laughs> Dusty Baker doesn't do what you and I want. It sounds negative. No, it Dusty, does sound negative, but, but it's not negative. It's just the it's just the truth of the matter. Right. David Hensley is the clear cut everyday second baseman without Jose Altuve Jose Altuve being there. If David Hensley plays well, yeah, I think Hensley starts four days a week at second. I think the other days Debon. I think they'll go. It won't exactly be fifty fifty, but it'll be a rotate. Here's it'll be my, a mix based on matchups. Here's my next question: Is there an addition this week to the team? Because there are a lot of veteran guys that have opt-outs and minor league deals. 
and they can opt out. I think. I mean, I think within the next, they might have be like today or yesterday. It might have been yesterday for Dude, a lot of them. But there's gonna be a lot of guys that are released and whatnot. I think Chad Pinder was a name yep. that they'd been connected to in the off season. Um, I know that the Astro. I think that, that Chad Pinder really wanted to be here. And is Jed Lowry what, still out there? He just retired yesterday. <laughs> literally, <laughs> oh, just, literally just announced his retirement. Hey, could have brought a third time around. I mean, yeah, he, he lives. He still lives here in Houston. He could have. I mean, look, he's just down the road. Um, I think he lives in like Bel Air. The um, I, I don't think Dylan Bundy, by the way, just caught on with the Mets. Um, I don't think I don't think they'll make a move. I don't think so either. I think they'll I think they like with what they have. They're, they'll stick with what they have, and we'll have to go through maybe some growing pains here with David Hensley and whoever. Here's the question. Okay, so Jordan is ready to go for day one. Kyle Tucker's ready for, to go for day one. You don't have Michael Brantley. Who's taking his roster spot? Oh, so you th- yeah, so I guess he would start on the the IL, right? Yeah. Mm. Who's taking his spot opening day? Is Dearden get? I bet they based, might. Yeah. I think based off the way that he's played in spring, give and, him a shot. Yeah. You know, I know Dana Brown recently said some things that said, you know, that base, you know, that he they want him to get and work on work on certain things with his approach at the plate and whatnot. Um, well, that's the, I think that's the I, tough part too. This is a guy you got to reward for his spring. He's but come out and he's given you every reason to think that this is a this is a guy that can potentially be a major leaguer for us for for a little bit. But here's the tough part: you set him to Sugar Land, he's playing every day. Yeah, he, could, he comes to the Astros, he's not playing every day. So is that you say reward him? But he I mean, could play every day. Yeah, he but, should play. You want to you you give Jordan Justin, Chaz and Jake Myers out there? Right? Do you want to I mean, play Jake Myers or or, or Justin Dearden every day? You. I don't know what they are. I don't know what either of those guys are. I'd rather give it a shot to Justin Dearden. That's just me. Not Why not? A, not an opening day, though. Why not? Because I don't want the guy to go out there, go for five with four strikeouts, and have his confidence shot. Like his confidence isn't going to be shot off. This is a guy that was undrafted. Undrafted. Now look, I know that the draft that he was in was only like five rounds, right? Because of the COVID, you know, shortening of it. But still, he's an undrafted player. There's no way his confidence is going to be shot yeah. if he goes out there in a bad game. I know, it's, a, it's an interesting, it's an interesting topic. I look, they, they've got some decisions. I, I will say, like this lineup, if it's close to this with the addition of Kyle Tucker, they're about they're about six and a half deep. Pre- I say six and a half because I give Chaz McCormick a half. You're pretty sold on Pena, though. I think Slide without in a the doubt, leadoff. Pena is the leadoff hitter. It just, I, I and look, this is he's not prototypical leadoff hitter because he doesn't walk enough. I get it. But he's got the pop, he's got the speed. I just, I think that he's a guy that you put at one or two and, and you roll with him and you see how it goes. Hopefully, Michael Brantley's back sooner rather than later, and then you can have the discussion on where Pena slots into this lineup. But for now, the vibe we get on that, it feels like two weeks. I don't think so. You don't think two Did weeks? Did you see the Chandler Rose tweet yesterday? No. He's not hitting in backfield games. Oh. Like minor league games in the backfields, he's not yeah. playing in them. So you're looking at what, probably a month? I, I think that's that's got to be realistic. But that's that's me. Get I have no idea. But like, if you're not playing in minor league games, he seemed to be doing like he was doing a lot when we were there. Like yeah, outside, yeah, he missed of, the time with the family stuff. Right, but that doesn't set you back a month. Like no, it shouldn't. So I don't know. Maybe there was something more with the shoulder or something. Well, I mean, it was a significant injury, a significant rehab, a significant you know surgery. But he that, had it once before. Well, one of those last days we were there at, at camp, he was in the outfield throwing balls in. I mean, yeah. he was. It wasn't like he was limited at all. No, you're right. 
I don't know, man. Like I, the whole thing. I know that you wanted to do good, do good by him and get him back. You probably didn't need to pay him twelve million dollars. With the ability to get to, he's the ability to get to up to sixteen with another That's four months. That's fine. Yeah, it's there's a lot but of I mean, incentives built in. You probably didn't need to pay him that much. But you take care of a guy who's been. I mean, he could have left last off season and stayed. Yeah. He's been pretty loyal to you. I, would, I have no problem paying that. And again, if he doesn't pan out this year, he's off the books anyway. So yeah. Well, I don't know. Baseball's coming Thursday. I'm happy about it. There's good things to uh, to to be worried about and whatnot, and uh, we'll be out there again at oh. the ballpark. For our last segment, Michael, when we come back, yeah, uh, Greg Rajan of the Chronicle tweeted something pretty interesting yesterday. He tweeted his ranking of the top five most devastating Houston sports losses. I wanted to kick that around with you on return. Uh, we'll do an official ranking: five most devastating Houston sports losses when we return. minutes from Cactus Cove here on Sports Talk 790. Michael Connor, Chris Gordy, but the party is not going to stop. Come on out. The crawfish cook-off getting ready to kick off uh, in full effect. I see some crawfish right now being brought out to somebody. I am ready to just get down, Gordy, uh, here in a few minutes. That's exactly what we're going to do, but you brought it up before we went to the timeout. Um, something that somebody in the Houston media tweeted yesterday, and uh, I want to roll through the list. Let's go. Yeah, our buddy Greg Rajan tweeted out uh, from the Houston Chronicle. He said, uh, you know, this is based off of U of H's loss last night. He said, ranking my most devastating Houston sports losses. He put number one the 2019 World Series. The, that one was pretty bad. I, I mean, to me, I think it's all about your lifetime. Like when I slam a jamma, and but we I was like we I, around for that. It but wasn't least, alive. At least talking with the people that still bring that up, like that, is the most devastating. If I was alive, that would be number one. But I will say, for my lifetime, 2019, Game Seven was absolutely the it's the it's the most painful loss I've ever I've ever seen and I've ever been at. We left Nationals Ballpark going, dude. They turned it all the way around. They won three win, straight games. Just got to win one of these next two back at home, yeah. and they win the World it's Series. It's over. You had Verlander and, and you had uh, you had Verlander in Game Six, and then you had Zach Greinke. Greinke, but you had the possibility of Cole coming out of the bullpen. And you were like, ah, this is great. It's great. And you lost. You lost. So, Should have put Garrett Cole in. Uh, three. He, so, one, he has the ni- 2019 World Series. Two, he has Faisal Majama. Three, he has the 92 Oilers collapse at Buffalo. Now, I was, I was like, two years old there. but I know that one is. I've watched it, and if I was a, if I was like in that moment like everybody else, that would be up there. I've seen the pain in our buddy Sean Jones's eyes when he comes in studio. That still haunts him. <laughs> so, that one, to me, yes, is still up there. I, I, in fact, might slide the 2019 World Series three on that list. Faisal Majama won 92 Oilers collapse. Two and 19 World Series. Then he's got this one sucked too. 17 18 Rockets game seven Western Conference oh, Finals. God. Make a three. Make one three. How many was, probably it? Win what was that. it? What was the number again? 0 for 27? 0 for, yeah, whatever. Whatever it was. Trevor Ariza, like 0 for 11 or something from three. Like, if they make any three, they beat the Warriors and they're going to the championship. Chris Paul's damn hamstring, man. It costs us the ability to watch the Rockets in the finals. And then number five on his list, he's got the 1986 NLCS Astros. Yeah, I've heard that that one was bad. Was that I mean, Mets? Yeah, the Miracle Mets in 86. Um... I probably would have put for me Texans Chiefs. 
24 nothing after one quarter. That would probably be six on this. By one. the yeah. end of the second quarter, they're down 28-24. I, they, I, I go back to think about like all the things that have happened since then. You win that game against the Chiefs. If you don't find a way to choke that away, Deshaun Watson may or may not still be here. You know, who knows with him turning into a pedo. Um, but you win that game. You're coming back home to play the Tennessee Titans and Ryan Tannehill at NRG Stadium in the AFC Championship game. You're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. No, to the I, Super Bowl. I remember texting. I was in New Orleans going to see Joe Burrow play for an LSU play for a championship. And I remember I'm at my buddy's place in New Orleans watching that game, and I texted you. And I was texting people at the station, hey, let's start making yeah. plans for covering the AFC Championship, AFC championship next week. I mean, it, you hate to think that far ahead, but it was like we, that's how we had the way operate. they came out of the gates, 24-0 on the Chiefs. You're like, Deshaun Watson and the Texans are going to win this game. Yeah. And look at what's happened since then. Right after that, that, season, that season ended, they traded DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> Bill O'Brien turned in, got the job as the GM and an extension. We found out the truth about Deshaun. Then we found out the truth about the shed. The whole thing was an absolute nightmare. Yeah. An absolute nightmare. So those, those were kind of uh, any other ones you would throw in there? Oh, God, off the top of my head. I mean, Rockets. <sighs> that one with the Rockets works pretty well. I mean, really, that whole era, there was. it feels like there was probably a lot of games that... that we had that, to run a... Damian Lillard hitting the, the game. Lillard, the game, yeah, that was the game winner one. against over Parsons. Yep. That was really bad. Even though that team wasn't going to win a championship that year, that was really, really hard to deal with. Albert Pujols, you know, I know that they ended up winning that series, but Pujols yep. hitting the, the home run off of Lidge. The ball that still hasn't landed. Still has not landed is probably up there as well. But they went on to win that series. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So they came back the, yeah, next, the next game in game six, and they won. But that also screwed things up for the World Series to where you couldn't start off game one with Roy Oswald. Roy Oswald had to pitch game six in St. Louis. And then game one in... Uh, Chicago, old man Clemens goes out there in the bullpen, pulls his hammy in the warm-up, and you're screwed. Think about this, though. If we put together a top ten list, there's way more candidates for a top ten list of worst Houston sports losses all time than there are on top ten best Houston sports wins. I mean, we've got the 17 World Series in the... 2022 World Series now. 2022 World Series Game Six, Game One of the ALDS. We got the two Rockets. I would say game. I would say Game Four of the ALCS this past year is up there because they the way that they came back and swept the Yankees in that one. Was um, that the no hitter? Yeah, Game Five of the oh, World Series. Yeah. No Game. Yeah, Game Game Game. Was that Game Four? I was game thinking World, the World Series. I was World Series. Game Four yeah. of the World Series. That no hitter was definitely up there. Um, game five of the 2017 World Series, one of the greatest games you'll ever see in baseball. Uh, game seven, like you mentioned, I thought that game two was also one of those games where Marwin hits the home run off Kenley Jansen and ties the game and sends it to extra innings and then eventually back-to-back home runs and the, then funny, the whole thing and Springer, of course. The, f- the funny thing is, 2017, game seven, it was game seven, but it really wasn't that like great of a game. Like After Springer hits that home run, we're just kind of counting outs at that point. Yeah, there was no offense the rest of the game. Yeah. It was like 5-1. to one. The Dodgers didn't do anything. That's it. But it, it was funny. Remember um, when they went to the White House, Trump was like, Game 7, phenomenal. One of one the of best, the best games ever, ever played. Like, yeah, I mean, I guess. Donald, you didn't watch the World <laughs> Series, clearly. It wasn't It wasn't the greatest ever. Everybody but... was talking about Game 5. And yeah, Game, game two. 5 was the shootout. Don't forget Jeff Lunau. <laughs> My good friend Jeff Lunau does um, a great job. But, yeah, again. Are they going to the White House again this year? Do we know? Have they set a date on that? We should go. 
with the Astros? Yeah. I don't know if they're McTaggart said it. I talked to Brian McTaggart about it. He said it was awesome. You, no matter who the pre- like, it's just awesome to go do. Yeah. We're media members, Gordy. Well, this one, Let's go. this one won't order McDonald's or Big Macs. <laughs> no. <enough for> the <laughs> Which team did he do that with? It was a college team. Clemson. Wasn't it? Clemson. I mean, could you imagine? Like, hey, let's go Trevor to White Lord. House. Trevor Lawrence. We're going to get honored tonight. We're going to have Big Macs. He's like, I Googled what kids he <laughs> like. College kids love this. We're going to have Big Macs. Yeah. <laughs> the kid meal. Did they get a toy with it? That's my next question. All right. Well, I think we're done. We are done. That's it for us. Uh, but come on out. We're not going anywhere. I don't remember what time we're supposed to be out, do you? You could tell me right now. Um, yeah, we got like a minute. Are we out at 57? Yeah. Okay. Well, we got like 30, 20, 40 seconds left. Uh, but come on out. We're out here at Cactus Cove. The uh, the cook-off for the crawfish is about to get going. Thank you to them for having us out today, Gordy. It was fun. Uh, we've got a good week ahead of us. Astros baseball getting back into gear yeah, thir- on Thursday. Thursday, we'll have your full coverage. You want to keep it locked here to Sports Talk 790, your home of Astros baseball. We'll have you covered all day Thursday into game coverage. And uh, we'll have an announcement here soon about draft. We'll be live uh, somewhere on location for the NFL draft night as well. Let's go. Big things that happen. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Come out and see us out here on Sports Talk 790.